welcome to On Resistance Radio. We are back in the studio after the uh, Tuesday Doomsday elections. Uh, my name is Jay. Thanks for listening. I'm Bobby. So today we are going to talk about what the hell happened on Tuesday and what does this mean for resistance going forward and dealing with reactionaries on either side of the spectrum, both liberal and conservative, and uh, where we go from here, really. So Trump is president. And then I guess, you know, no matter how many times you say not my president, he's still president. And maybe that means it's time for us to start questioning the idea of a president or the whole electoral process. And so it's really important that while everyone is energizing and, you know, building movements around this anti-Trumpism, that we deconstruct all of that and kind of just see what's happening and what's been happening and that the issue is the state, it is electoral process. It's this BS idea that we should all be governed together. And, um, the hierarchy suits us when clearly if you've been non-white person um, your experiences has been that it hasn't suited you so if the question is who brought us Trump I think that there's some structural things there like the like the system of representative government brought us Trump the electoral process brought us Trump. And let's not forget that the Democratic Party actually strategically supported Trump as an opponent to Hillary in order to make Hillary look better. So out of the candidates that were running for Republican office, the Democratic Party decided that they were willing for Trump to become that nominee because they thought that just by as a foil to Hillary, Hillary would somehow seem like the better candidate, like more legitimate. However, this is this situation with these party factions and these institutions that have been formed for so long that still carry so much power is that essentially it's gambling and they were willing to risk all of the racism and xenophobia and hatred and islamophobia and queerphobia that a trump candidacy would stoke without any plan or care or regard or support in mind for the people that would actually be harmed by those by that ideology having a two-year campaign stage they were willing to risk all that just to make their candidate look a certain way and so if we're looking at that who brought us trump it's the democratic party doesn't have clean hands the two-party system is what brought us trump if we didn't have a two party dominant system, and I'm not saying a third party is a better option, I'm really not, but because we do have a bipartisan dictatorship that runs this country, um, and we don't actually choose the candidates that run at all, and between two choices, um, 
people are going to bend over backwards to justify their choice for one or the other. And I think what the DNC also underestimated was the, the bull that Bernie was spinning about revolution actually um, disregarded you know, a lot of the fact that those folks uh, were not going to vote for Hillary. And some of them, because they might be libertarian, are not anti-racist and are not anti-capitalist. And we're actually more likely to vote for Trump um, uh, just because of his, his propaganda about being against the system when he's really for the system of white supremacy and capitalism and hierarchy. Um, and then I think we're also seeing, we're seeing the results from the last eight years. We're seeing a backlash um, to Obama's presidency, to the multiple movements that have sprung up. And we thought the Tea Party just went away, but I think the Tea Party just got organized. So this really isn't, you know, it is shocking, um, but if you look at the way the party and the political system and the government is set up, like this is a result of that system. And so to reinvest in that system at this point, doesn't make sense. And that's the thing about the counter revolution is they are organized and they are prepared, and they have been preparing. They are armed. They have their basements full of food. You know, they've been preparing for this FEMA camp Tuesday that Obama was supposed to deliver, and they organize through their networks, and you kind of have to wonder, like, why did Bernie run to quit? He did kind of like energize the base in a way for all these hopeful things that, you know, would excite liberals and progressives only to end up with like a moderate Republican Democrat <laughs> um, as their candidate. And so it's, it's really telling how much the Democrats and progressives the establishment and the base have such a separation and the base doesn't really do anything to hold their officials accountable in the same way that we saw the Tea Party hold the Republicans accountable or break away from the Republicans and basically take over the party. And this is not what I'm advocating for liberals um, or progressives to do, but you think that there would be some sort of accountability for your party leader. I believe in that sort of thing. And what I find the most strange is how quickly President Obama and Secretary Clinton and even Bernie Sanders have stated that they're willing to work with Trump and, you know, now it's time for the country to come together. And it was just, it's just so, this is why you guys suck. You know, you don't take a stand. Do you think if Hillary would have won that even when President Obama did become president, did the Republicans say they were willing to work with him? No, they said they're going to stand fierce and like ban and basically block anything that you know the Democrats try to push through. But he has even officially taken office, and people are already saying like they're willing to work with this open white supremacist. Like this is why you have no spine like you know what i mean but you have no spine because you're not supposed to because this is what your job is you know like you are charlie brown purposely kicking the football that's never there and and we're supposed to put hope into this party because you guys hold the monopoly right now on what change is right the avenue of change is supposed to be okay well well then we just focus on 
um, organizing and then we have to find our candidate and we just hold pressure to our candidate and hope to make them accountable and if they don't then we protest some more and blah 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 and that happens and that's great because it provides funding for institutions like KPFK and it provides institutions for nonprofits but what does it really do it does nothing but keep the state and the status quo the same and that's the point of the game right your moral outrage is something that I think really needs to be reflected and deconstructed if we're ever gonna seriously talk about changing things, you know? And until that like is addressed, until people's internalized white supremacy is addressed, until like all white people realize that they're white supremacists and benefit from white supremacy and perpetuate white supremacy and that both Clinton, Bernie and Trump are all white supremacists and that you don't have to have a hood on or a swastika tattooed on your arm to be a white supremacist, then like you're not talking about anything. We're not really doing anything. And you're just, you're just a bunch of like guilty white liberals. For all of the outrage in the world of white feminism about getting up the freaking vote, white women, majority of white women voted for Trump. 58% of white women voted for Trump. 42% of white women voted for Clinton. The majority, if you look at who elected Trump, it was white people. White people elected Trump. If you, if you actually look at the non-white vote, all of the states go blue. And I actually you know, don't believe that identifying with the Democratic Party or any party is going to somehow give us some sort of collective power to now take over the government and make everything better. Like, I don't believe that. But even by the logic in the system that exists, you know, it's very clear who Trump's president is by choice. And it's very clear, like, who that's actually going to affect in a negative way. So what does that mean? And why, uh, who is to blame for that? And people continue to believe that white supremacy is something that is opted into and looks a certain way, but it's something that is internalized. It's a system and an ideology and a practice that is learned that actually maintains this entire system. Um, there was someone who tweeted that America has always been a white settler utopia and it's always needed to be smashed, and that's no less true today than it has always been true. And this logic that has us, has people supporting law, has people support that results in mass incarceration and death culture by the police, this system that supports borders, for whom, you know, um, that supports um, the system that is maintained, the system of white supremacy that is how the government was formed on this land, is how the, the, the American white supremacist capitalist state was formed, that system is maintained through elections and is maintained through this lie of representation or representative government. The processes that we're using to say that that are being used to say that people need to participate then and we won't have change unless this happens and unless we're a political like who developed this political process who so who why are we surprised that it's going to work for 
white settlers, when white settlers are the ones who develop this political process? And why is it that folks are pressured to believe that somehow we should expend all of our effort to make this process more accessible to us rather than preparing, strategizing, getting our collective SHIT together um, to, sur I mean, to survive, which is what people have been doing since this country uh, forced itself through genocide. So should we be surprised with the Trump presidency? It's funny because when the whole Brexit thing happened, everyone kept saying you guys are, you know, gonna play around and think it's not possible for Trump to become president, but the same thing happened with England and the Brexit. When we look at what's happening in Europe and what's happening in white-controlled countries, is that they are basically freaking out that now their identity is being threatened. And they are upset about immigration and refugees. It's so telling of white people that they're so upset about the, you know, the results of the violence that they have caused, right? You know, like Trump campaigning about building the wall higher when, you know, it's America that has made Mexico a failed state. Like people being upset about Muslims all around the world, right? Because there's so much Islamophobia going on right now. But because all these white Western countries are currently bombing and droning and, you know, stealing oil and other reserves and colonizing and building their empire um, in Middle Eastern countries in North Africa. And so, yeah, you're going to be upset about refugees having to, like, come to Germany or Italy or England or America when you've been killing and bombing and destroying their homes. And so what the white identity is doing right now is, is they're organizing on both a global and domestic level. And they're quite more organized than I would say the rest of us. And that is the fear because not only on the like ground level are they organized, but also they have the institutional power as well. So like Bundy, when they do decide to take arms against the state, they get acquitted. Um, so they have the right and the protection and the ability to challenge and protect their own autonomy while we are still fighting to even get a glimpse for, of our own. And so now that this election's over and everyone's focusing on anti-Trumpism and what this resistance against Trump is going to look like, you know, it's really important that it's not short-sighted, even though from what I have experienced, it already is. It's only going to get more intense and it's only going to get worse. And we have no choice but to resist the counter-revolutionaries, but the state as well. And so it's really important for anti-status to to show some sort of like veiled 
Ugh, I hate the word unity because I don't know if that even exists or can exist, but we've got to figure something because these liberals are violent. Like, yeah. There's a lot of talk right now about blame. People are talking about blaming third-party voters. I think a lot of it is out of anger um, and, and blaming people who didn't vote. Um... And I do kind of want to look at the outraged, the outraged liberals who are just as authoritarian as a lot of other folks who are out here outraged because their their symbol of progress, you know, their candidate didn't get in office, but they're not really questioning the logics and the system that made this possible. I've seen a lot of hostility towards um, like deflecting the blame away from the political system and projecting it onto people who have been outraged with the political system for a while now. Folks talking about how now we really need to, you know, prepare for the next midterm election in 2018 and and the, the next four year election. Really, it's really, really uh, discouraging to see people uh, would rather blame resistance to this entire structure than to question the narrative of electoral politics and just how frequent that we see that and also like how do we change the conversation away from um you know oh we just need to all participate in a certain way and like we talk about this a lot but like this isn't just like oh let's employ tactics of activism here like no we really need to start defining what it is that we're practicing um and after this election like I kind of feel like maybe some lines can be drawn between liberals and anti-authoritarianism because um I think the mistreatment and the hostility that liberals have towards anti-statists and anti-authoritarians who are out there fighting for their lives and literally questioning the logics that oppress people, um, that needs to stop. You know, your system, the system of, of, of representative government is responsible for bringing Trump. And I don't think we should um, be pandering at all to liberals anymore. And we should be not to say a lot of people are, but I do think that whatever the hell the left is <laughs> has a really uh, lack of strategy and intention around confronting liberalism and has kind of a soft spot for liberalism. And that needs to stop because um, liberalism is what it's just as much to blame for this. We were talking earlier off air about all of the emotional, mental, and physical labor that goes into each time there's a new wave that comes and uh, a new wave of resistance, if you can call some of these waves that. And it's like each time you have to go through the whole, okay, no, cops aren't your friends. Yes, racism exists. Like, you know... um, 
no property destruction is not violence and like you have to keep doing the same things over and over and over again and it's like and it's draining it's tiring and I don't want to do that that's not my role um I don't see that as like what I care to invest my time in and so because of social media and how popular the last movements have been um especially Black Lives Matter and Ferguson, I think really changed the way people look at a lot of tactics um, and the way they look at resistance. And, you know, now you have like celebrities that people idolize considering themselves, you know, activists and everyone's an activist now. And, um, and so when you hear something's going on, especially as easy as something to protest as Trump, you're going to get all sorts of people, you know, and just because, you know, we both don't like Trump don't mean I F with you. You know, it doesn't mean that, like, I have solidarity with you or that um, I can even organize with you or be in the same space as you because it's dangerous, you know. Like, last night I went to an anti-Trump action, I guess you can call it, in LA and was basically physically and verbally assaulted by liberals for saying um, F the police, which I thought we all had got to that point, right? Like I thought like everyone was about F the police by now. And it was just so interesting, the force, the physical force that I was met with by people who were chanting about peace and love. and. And I, I feel like that tends to be the case. Um, like, I was talking with my friend earlier about it and was saying that, you know, liberals, to me, are, like, the type of people that, like, grab your arm and hit you and be like, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? And, like, they're so abusive and, um, and gaslighting and will, like, and will gaslight radical people. And they're detrimental to the movement. They are as violent as the state. They are the guards of the state. They are there to protect the state. They are there to co-opt and take any energy that's going to want to threaten the state and bring them into their corner and fill and, um, and funnel it into something that isn't gonna really do anything but make you feel like you're doing something. And, and I think we need to really push back against the narrative that people who are critical of, love, of um, liberals or liberal actions or liberal tactics are elitist because that in itself is sort of kind of allowing for us to just kind of like deflect and not look at what people are actually criticizing, what people are actually saying, because there is real physical danger, you know, and it's interesting because it's like white supremacists, I'm supposed to be scared of right because they'll shoot me but a white liberal is gonna call the cops to shoot me you know like the white liberals either way they want me dead it's just who's gonna be the one to actually hold the gun and do it and so I am not in solidarity with liberals like you are my enemy and I am not trying to work with you I'm not trying to organize with you I don't want to see you in the streets um and you're a threat to my safety and my autonomy. 
And so that is where I draw the line. This is what I am here for. I am for being an autonomous human being and living horizontally, not in like a hierarchical way against another human being or not even human being, another existence on this planet. So it's, I think, I think we, we need to stop waiting on the masses because the masses, I, I, the majority of the people aren't on that front. So it's like the masses could be dangerous too in that sense and have been. Really being against Trump is not enough right now. Being just against Trump is not enough. Um, being against Trump and not being against the system that allows Trump to reach this position, you might be a reactionary. Um, and we do need to tear down this hierarchy. And lines are going to continue to be drawn. And, um, you know, there is wave after wave that comes out of outrage and disappointment with what's happening. Um, but again, being against this figurehead, Trump, without being against the system that produces him, that benefits from his presidency, the system that um, constantly coerces us to participate in it while abusing us, that, that is not getting us anywhere other than further towards fascism. Because we can't keep being reliant on this system changing through the processes that exist. We need to figure out something to counteract and this system that exists that has only ever been weaponized against us. Some thoughts. Uh, I also wanted to just add, like this is not nearly enough in terms of how do we prepare. Like we probably have to do like a whole discussion on it. But I would say, you know, like people were saying, check in with your community. Um, I've been saying like, I know not everybody has access to like-minded folks that they could form an affinity group with, um, but I do think that is a place to start for those that can. Um, and just make, make plans. Like I said, uh, this is, I understand that people are mourning um, and there also is gonna be a time for us to really start making plans. It's funny. Because there's so many white people who are, they're like, I'm scared of what Trump being president. I'm like, what are you scared about? Like, what, what is Trump threatening you? Like, afraid of, like, walking down the street? Like, are you afraid of, you know, him deporting your family? Or, like, what, what are you afraid of? And there's this whole idea that we're collectively under the same the same violence under Trump and it's like no and I don't want your allyship I hate that word you're not my ally and um we're at that point and I feel like I keep saying this but it's like we are at that point whenever that point in your head when you're like dang things about to get real and like this is what real looks like to me we're there right so like hey like hey anti-status horizontalist anti-authoritarians what's up like, you know, we should talk. We should start organizing. We should start using this encrypted stuff. We should start, you know, uh, communicating with each other. 
and start building our networks off Facebook because it's pretty soon that we're going to have to stop, like we're going to need to get off it completely. And I think the reason why we're hanging in there is because that's where we're able to find each other. But we need to, now that, you know, we found some of us, like we need to take those networks offline and, you know, we need to organize um, amongst each other, like how we can create, how we can start organizing in the same way that these white nationalists and white supremacists are organizing. And and big thing, big thing, how are we going to protect people? You know, like, are, you know, how are we gonna make sure that people aren't deported? Are we just gonna allow them to take people? Like, are we just gonna allow them to, um, are we just, like, how are we gonna protect people when they're violently attacked by these white supremacists or these, like, white liberals? Like, we need to create alternatives right and we always talk about these alternatives and i've seen so many times lists of um you know posts of a list of police alternatives but i haven't seen them i don't know who i can call instead of the police today if i needed help like we need that now and we need to work on building these things now and like let's talk let's do this because if we're gonna if we're gonna go let's go it's it's time so you've been listening to on resistance we're on every friday except for the first at 7 30 on 90.7 kpfk you can listen to the full show on our soundcloud that's www.soundcloud.com slash on dash resistance check out our twitter at on resistance la Hit us up on Facebook or email us at onresistanceradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.